People are looking for two things on their financial journey. They're looking for help and they're looking for hope. But for so many people, hope must come long before they're open, able, and willing to receive help. Your financial brand is most, most likely offering help to people. But how can you confidently communicate hope through your marketing and sales strategies? Well, let's find out together on today's episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Greetings and hello, I'm James Robert Lay, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Practical Perspective series, where I'm going to be sharing practical perspectives from a recent keynote I facilitated for almost a 1,000 financial brand leaders at NAFQ's annual Engage conference. And by the end of this podcast, you're going to know exactly what you need to do next on your own journey of growth at your bank, at your credit, or at your fintech to offer people not just help, but to offer them hope as you guide them beyond financial stress towards an even bigger, better, and brighter future. I want to take you back. I want to take you back to a, what some might say is a simpler time. So if you'd be so kind to hop into the time DeLorean of your minds, and let's take a trip to 1994. Now I have a question for you, and it might come off a little awkward and confusing at first. But how old were you in 1994? Show of hands, baby boomers. In 1994, you were 35, 40, 40 years old. Let me just get a read of the room here, okay? What about go before that? If you're born before 1946, 45, 44, 43, last night I met Phil F-I-L at the bar with his friend Jerry. We had a great conversation. Phil was born in 1943. He's been working with credit unions as a board director. Same thing with Jerry. I think Jerry said 53 years. What about our Gen Xers? Gen Xers in the room? Show of hands, okay. Millennials, any millennials in the room? All right, now, truth be told, some call me the grandfather of the millennial generation. I was born in 1981. So in 1994, I was 13 years old, seventh to eighth grade, more or less. And then there's all these Gen Zers, and they weren't even born just yet. The reason I bring this up, how old? were you back in 1994, is it's going to help provide some perspective, which is essentially the sum of context and framing, into some of the major consumer behavioral shifts that we have seen. Now, I've been studying this now for over 20 years as a digital anthropologist, looking at the intersection of marketing and sales, technology, but probably most fascinating is human behavior. Do you remember what happened in 1994 that set off a chain of events that accelerated consumer behavior shifts? 1994, this was the year that the internet reached the mass consciousness of humanity. Just for fun, you can go to YouTube, 
and you can search Today Show. I write this down just for fun. Go search the Today Show 1994 internet on YouTube and you'll see how people like Katie Couric and Matt Lauer were talking about this thing called internet. What is the at symbol in an email address? It's very fascinating now as we're almost 30 years post 1994 and 2024, it'll be 30 years since this period of time. Think about consumer shifts going back, July 5th, 1994. Whoever thought that we would be shopping online? How many of us are getting boxes from Amazon weekly? Anyone weekly? What about daily? Absolutely. My wife and I, we have four kids. She literally runs shipping and receiving at the house. Boxes come in. I'm the one who typically has to go return them to now Kohl's or the UPS store. But it, it's changed consumer behavior, the way we shop. What about the way we bank as a verb? Wells Fargo launched online banking May 18th, 1995. Transformed the way that we would bank. Very first online banking platform. What about the way we consume media? Think about, you know, in the 90s. Where would you go? Friday night, at a blockbuster. And what was the pain? Late fees. Netflix began to solve that problem with their direct-to-DVD model, but Netflix has transformed their, their model now, not once, not twice, but three times. Direct-to-DVD, then streaming, and now what is Netflix? They're a media company. What about the way that we consume music? Napster transformed the entire music industry June 1st, 1999. Okay, I will be the first one to admit I'm a criminal. I've illegally downloaded music from the internet and sold it. It was actually one of my very first entrepreneurial ventures in high school. I was a junior or senior. And think about when you bought a CD back in the day. I mean, you could listen to the radio, you, you could buy a CD. CDs were 15, 20, 22 dollars sometimes back then. But how many songs would you want off of a CD? One, two, maybe three? Anyone, anyone, anyone brave enough to admit that they downloaded music from the internet back in the day? Exactly. Major consumer behavior shift, but we don't do that anymore. What do we do? We stream our music. What about the way that we connect with people? Family, friends, October 28, 2003. A guy from Harvard launches FaceMash, which would become what? Facebook, which is now Meta, which also manages Instagram, WhatsApp, human connection platforms. Speaking about human connection, January 9th, 2007, Steve Jobs walks up onto the stage and he gives us the iPhone. It was a phone, an internet communication device, and a player. And think about all the consumer behavior shifts that have come from this one device when built upon the backbone of the internet. Now, as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, my mom always told me never stay at a stranger's house. What do we do now when we travel? We stay at strangers' houses. What about coming here 
to the conference from the airport. Once again, in the 80s and 90s, my mom always said, never ride with strangers. And what do we do? We ride with strangers. Here's the thing, 94 to 2009, high-level macro highlights massive shifts in consumer behavior that have become the norm, but just over a 15-year time period. Pause. Just reflect on this for a moment. How does it feel to take a trip down memory lane? Thinking back to where you were in 1994 and what you have experienced along the way. First and foremost, as a consumer yourself, but then also through the lens of being a credit union leader. A couple other inflection points that I think we need to note before we you know, leap ahead to where we're at today, because we can't understand where we're at today until we pause and visit the past for a bit. 2011, Royal Bank of Scotland launches the very first mobile banking app. It's interesting to note, what is this built upon the backbone of? It's the iPhone. So you see how all of these different technologies are starting to integrate to shift consumer behavior. Leap ahead, March 11th, 2020. Some of the biggest shifts in consumer trends and behaviors forced because of the COVID pandemic. March 11th, 2020 was the day that the NBA stopped playing. The Utah Jazz, they were supposed to take the court and then they stopped playing. And that was when the world began to shut down. But what came out on the other side? Shifts in consumer behavior. Think back to the pandemic. Who ordered food through a mobile app back then, during the pandemic? What about ordering groceries through a mobile app? So new trends that continue to transpire, this time because of environmental changes. November 30th, 2022, we're going to look back to this date, and it's like a 1994 moment all over again. That's because this was the day that AI, artificial intelligence, reached the mass consciousness of humanity through the launch of ChatGPT. If you have not played with, and I think that's the key, if you have not played with ChatGPT, my strong recommendation, write this down, just make a note, an action item. Because you come here to learn, but you also want to take action from what you're learning, go play with ChatGPT. It's an AI chat interface that I see has the potential to truly transform consumer behavior once again going forward over the next decade. I mean, if we think about where we're going to be 10, 15 years from now, we're going to look back and what we experienced from 94 to 2009 is going to be exponential. And that's why when we think about the future, the future is just that. It is exponential. Exponential changes in technology are continuing to drive exponential changes in consumer behavior. But what does this really look like, practically applied? Think about where you were in 2020. Think about where you were in 2019. Were you Zooming back in 2019? Probably not. 
but environmental changes force the transformation of consumer behavior. Now, once again, for kids, imagine the chaos at the lay household when we have four kids who are trying to navigate the complexities of Zoom for school. There are some pretty tense moments back in the day. But we've learned through those experiences, and now they have reshaped consumer behavior and expectations. Think about yourselves once again for a moment. Do you find yourself doing more phone calls, or has your behavior shifted to perhaps be more video, whether it's on Zoom or WhatsApp or on FaceTime. I think about even calling my wife from the conference. We tend to FaceTime more than we ever have, and all I can look at is it comes back to the experience that we had here. Let's look at a couple of other, other examples of exponential changes in technology that drive exponential changes in consumer behavior. In regards to the months, the time it takes for a new technology or platform to reach 100 million users. Uber, coming back to 2009, took 70 months to reach 100 million users. Social channel Telegram took 61 months. Spotify, once again thinking about going from Napster and downloading music to now streaming, Spotify took 55 months to reach 100 million users. And then there's Pinterest. Anyone still pinning in the room on Pinterest? Okay. Took 41 months to reach 100 million users. Now Instagram, 30 months for the gram to reach 100 million users. TikTok, nine months to reach 100 million users. But if we pause for a moment, what is driving all of this growth? It's what we carry around in our pockets, our iPhone and our Android devices. Connected to the internet. And this is why it's important to think back to 1994. How old were you? Because how old you were back then is going to impact your perspective of the world and your experiences going forward to today. Finally, there's ChatGPT. Two months to reach 100 million users. Once again, ChatGPT being an AI interface to truly co-create. I mean, my daughter and I, 10 years old, we co-created for a school project with ChatGPT to literally write a book, illustrate it with Dolly, another open AI technology, and then turn that book into a audiobook with AI voiceover in about eight to 10 hours. I think I learned more from, from it than she did, but it was an experiment to play with some of these new technologies that my daughter, who is 10, is growing up in an entirely new world. I, I kind of grew up with the internet, although I do remember what it was like to still play outside and skin your knees and you know, run around barefoot. But if we think about this next generation, this Gen Z, how are they behaviors and their habits that are informed by their experiences being shaped and reshaped. The challenge here is humans, humans are linear thinkers. And when technology is moving at an exponential curve, 
and here we are thinking and operating on a linear plane, it's creating this gap. And it's in the gap, that's where we experience confusion and chaos and complexity. Not just as leaders, but also we have to think about our teams, we have to think about our members, of what they're experiencing as well. So my question for you, what is your perspective of the future over the next five to 10 years? Because your perspective of the future right now in the present moment is going to directly impact how you continue to transform your operational model as a credit union to keep pace with transforming consumer behavior trends driven by exponential technologies. Do you view the future as complex, as confusing, perhaps throwing a little conflict and chaos? And if you do, that's okay. That's where you're at right now. I was having a conversation yesterday with a CEO in the lobby of the hotel on Zoom talking about a planning session that they want to bring me to in October. And I, the very first question that I ask her is I ask, start a lot of conversations. What's been going well? What's good? Tell me something positive. And she literally avoided the question. She said, you know, this is, I've been here at this credit union for 30 years. And this is the second most challenging, if not most challenging time that I've ever experienced. Most challenging being 2008, 2009. I said, well, why? Why do you feel that way? And she said, well, we had the pandemic, we had the lockdowns, we have financial uncertainty right now, then we have this whole AI thing. I just can't keep up. And I said, it's okay. You're not alone. A lot of other leaders are feeling the same exact way. And if that's the way you feel right now, it's okay. But let me give you another perspective because how we feel and perceive the future is going to directly impact how we lead our teams and how we lead members going forward through the 2030 horizon line. The alternative path is just to take a breath and just calm our minds. Because when we calm our minds, we begin to quiet some of the chaos and some of the confusion and the complexity that we've all been experiencing really since early 2020. I say all transformation starts by telling the truth about where you've been, where you are, and where you're gonna go next. And I'm curious, who's feeling a little tired right now? A little exhausted, and be honest, raise your hand. If you're feeling tired, I, I think it's important we're honest of where we're at right now. Okay, let's calm our minds. Because when we calm our minds, that's when we get, begin to gain clarity. We begin to gain perspective of where things have been. And then we can use that perspective to provide guidance going forward into the, into the future. So you're gonna leave here seeing things different than you saw before, thinking about things different than you thought about before, and hopefully, perhaps, feeling different than you thought before. Then, and only then, you can continue to take action to guide your credit union forward into this, this future, really this age of AI. And that takes courage, it takes commitment. And when we lean into the uncomfortable places, that's where we experience the greatest growth. 
and over time that will build our confidence. This is why our brain, our minds, are the, it's the most important technology for every single one of us to master going forward into the age of AI. How either A, we react, or B, hopefully, we respond to change around us, changes in consumer behavior. And that's because there's a silent epidemic right now. Financial stress is truly taking a toll on people's physical well-being, mental well-being. Let me show you how this is happening. 85% of Americans feel stressed about money. Think about that, 85% of Americans. How many people within our credit union, who work at our credit union, feel this way right now? Creates a little bit of an imposter syndrome. And then of course, there's the members. And what about some of us here today? Are we feeling some of that financial stress and that financial tension? There's this mental impact where half of people with debt also struggle with mental health. I think it's important to be mindful of this, this, this human factor as we're moving forward into the age of AI, both internally as well as externally. Then there's this physical impact. Consider this, one, almost one out of every three people in the United States, they're losing sleep because of financial stress. And they're feeling that way all the time. Then there's this emotional impact where almost one third or one out of every three people that you know, they feel too embarrassed to talk about their money and where they're at today because they think they're worse off than the, their peers. It's this idea of insta-culture, what, what, what they see on social media. Comparison is a killer to the mind, to the soul. Then there's a relational impact, where one, say, the, 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 the second leading cause of divorce with couples is money fights, financial fights, behind infidelity. Of course, there's the generational impact here. We have to consider that almost three out of every four millennials and a little over one out of two Gen Zers aren't feeling very positive about their financial future right now. And how we perceive the future is going to directly impact the decisions that we make right now in the present moment. The good news, the good news is this. They are looking for help and they are looking for hope. 79% of Americans who are in this millennial and Gen Z demographic, where have they found that help? Where have they found that hope? It's on social media. Why? Because you think about how they grew up with the internet. Social media is the new main street. It's the public square. They're also finding that what they're, they're seeing and reading and hearing and watching on social media, it's making it less taboo to talk about money. That's an opportunity for us as credit unions to begin to facilitate real dialogue, not just provide financial education, but financial coaching. What are the two most trusted resources for millennial and Gen Z when it comes to money matters. It's not Google, it's YouTube, and it's Reddit.
Now you might be like, well, where's TikTok? Because about one out of every three Gen Zers is going to TikTok for financial advice. The key here is the most trusted. My question is, where's your credit union on YouTube? Where's your credit union on Reddit? Not as a brand, but as a leader, as a lender, as an advisor, connecting with people. There's also this loneliness that people are feeling right now. About half of young adults shared no one took the time to just ask them how they're doing. Ask them what's been going well. Show that they care. Everyone's connected, but no one is connected. That's why the opportunity that I see when it comes to transforming consumer behaviors is to really transform minds. Transform people's relationships with money that go back to their habits that are nothing more than their actions informed by their feelings and emotions, guided by their thinking, rooted in belief systems and structures that go all the way back to early childhood. When you transform the mind, you can really begin to transform the wallet. When you transform the wallet, you transform and make a positive impact on people's physical health and well-being. Frost Bank out of Texas found that 62% of optimists, those that perceive the future as bigger, better, brighter, are seven times more financially healthy than pessimists. Perspective, context and framing is everything. And when we help people and members begin to establish new mindsets around money, they will experience new results. When we help our teams internally develop new mindsets around digital transformation, we will begin to experience new results. This is why human transformation is the key to unlocking digital transformation. Considering for a moment, 60 to 85% of all quote unquote digital transformation projects either fail or fail to meet expectations, not because of the technology, but because of the human factor. We can take this internal perspective and apply it externally, where human transformation is the key to unlocking financial transformation for our members and for people in our communities. Finally, human transformation is the key to unlocking your transformation as a leader to navigate the complexity of exponential change in the age of AI. Here's the thing, all transformation, it begins within. It starts with every single one of you in this room. When you take back new ideas, new insights, new beliefs, you transform yourself, you transform the team, you transform teams in the organization, you transform the organization, and then you continue to transform the lives of people, of members, people in the communities you serve as consumer behaviors 
continue to shift and transform because of exponential technology transformation. It all comes down to this. People are looking for two things. They're looking for help, they're looking for hope. For someone to guide them beyond the confusion, the complexity, the chaos that we've all been experiencing, we've all been feeling over the past few years. And I wanna leave you with two very simple questions you can take back to ask your members, to ask your teams, maybe even ask your spouse, your kids. Because this one question, the first one, provides a lot of clarity into the future. How do you want to grow? What are your goals? What are the roadblocks that you can perceive that, that, that stand in the way of you making progress towards those goals? And it's the second question that's so important because the mind cannot help but to answer a question or to solve a problem, which opens up another opportunity. What are the opportunities to overcome the roadblocks to move forward and make progress towards those goals for growth? When we ask our members, and, and literally have a conversation. Now how we have that conversation could be through digital channels, it could be in the physical world, but when we ask them, how do you wanna grow? Goals, roadblocks, opportunities, they can begin to perceive their future as bigger than it is today. The second question to ask is what's been going well? Where have we been winning? The past. The mind can only hold a positive or negative thought. And it's so important as we're moving forward into this age of complexity, exponential change and transformation, to focus on our wins. To also explore the present. Where are we right now? What are we feeling excited and energized about? What are we looking forward to? And what have we learned along the way? When we ask these two questions, and try this, when you're having a conversation with a member, start off, what's been going well? What's positive? What's good? And see how the conversation transforms. When you're working with internal teams, every meeting, start off, what's been going well for us over the last week, the last month, the last quarter? What are we excited about right now? What have we learned? What are we looking forward to? When we help people continuously see a future that is bigger, better, and brighter than right now in the present moment, we're giving people help, and more importantly, we're giving people hope, because hope, for many, must come before they're able and open and willing to receive help. As you continue forward on your own journey of growth, remember that all transformation begins within. It starts with you. It starts by telling the truth about where you've been, about where you are right now, and about where you could grow next going forward into the future. But most importantly, the transformation starts right now. And then from there, it moves to your team, throughout your organization, spilling over into making a positive impact for your account holders, while you're also guiding people in the communities you serve beyond financial stress towards an even bigger, better, and brighter future. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, be the light.